0: Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to study the scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of the biblical topic which occupied the mission and ministry of Jesus, his gospel about the kingdom of God. I'm sure that all of us are interested in immortality. For any of us who love life, we want it to go on forever. Now, the Christian gospel gives us exactly that opportunity. Jesus and Paul believed themselves to be in the business of offering the public the keys and secrets leading to immortality. Jesus saw himself as sowing the seeds of an idea, and that idea contained the germ, the spark of life, which can eventually lead to immortalization in the resurrection when Jesus comes back to establish his kingdom. According to 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13, Paul's gospel preaching is a model of sound teaching. You see, the apostles were not just throwing out random ideas in some chaotic fashion. They had a very definite system of teaching which they all embraced and which in their different ways they put to the public. Now, what drove those apostles was the conviction that they were offering their audiences the opportunity to grasp an idea which would lead eventually to immortality, to life for ever and ever. The apostles were equally convinced that that message, that method of gaining immortality, of obtaining, if you like, the very elixir of life, the spark and the germ of immortality, that idea, that teaching went back to Jesus himself. Jesus had been the great proponent of the secrets that lead to life forever, to immortality. And that secret was bound up in a phrase mentioned frequently by Jesus, mentioned as the underlying theme of all he taught. It was the kingdom of God, or the gospel of good news about the kingdom of God. The good news about how to obtain immortality is wrapped up in that famous phrase of Jesus, the gospel about the kingdom of God. Let me present you with that evidence directly from the pages of Scripture. In Matthew 13 and verses 11 and following, Jesus referred to a seed. Now a seed, as we all know, is the necessary tool or instrument for new birth and new life. Jesus spoke of the seed that he was sowing amongst his audiences as the message about the kingdom. Here are Jesus' own words. To you disciples, he said, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. When someone hears the message about the kingdom and fails to understand it, the devil comes and snatches away what is sown in his mind. As for the one who is sown on good soil, that's the man who hears the message about the kingdom and understands it and bears fruit. Jesus, you see, understood a definite theory, a definite method by which salvation is to be gained, and it had to do with receiving from Jesus the seed message about the kingdom of God. Now, at Luke's report of Jesus' same teaching, we find that the reception of the message of the kingdom of God is absolutely essential for salvation. The kingdom is the object of faith, and it's the means of gaining immortality. Listen to the words now, as reported by Luke, in Luke 8, verses 11 and 12. The seed, said Jesus, is the message of God. That's to say, the message about the kingdom, Matthew 13:19. Those on the road are the people who hear the message. But then the devil comes and carries off the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe it and be saved or gain immortality in the kingdom. So the devil is intent on removing this message of the kingdom of God from the hearts of the potential believer, so that that person may not grasp a hold of the spark of life which will eventually result in his obtaining immortality in the future. Now those who receive the message of the kingdom become what Jesus called the sons of the kingdom. If you like the royal family, those destined for rulership in the kingdom of God those in fact who are invited now to train for future rulership in the coming kingdom. Now the devil sows his ideas and produces what Jesus called weeds or darnel, and I understand that darnel looks very much like true wheat. It's a sort of counterfeit production, and so the devil then has his system, his theory of salvation running parallel and as a counterfeit to the true system. The Christian disciple is one who has been instructed in the kingdom of God, Matthew 13, verse 52. Now, Jesus obviously believed that certain information had to take root in the heart of an individual for the salvation process to get underway. And by salvation process, I mean a process which is going to lead to immortality in the future. That information Jesus called a knowledge of the message of the kingdom of God. To you, he said, it's been given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but it's not granted to these others, Matthew 13, verse 11. Now Peter, who was chosen as the rock apostle, describes exactly the same process for the gaining of immortality. You see, he'd learned this directly at the hands of his master teacher, Jesus himself. Peter then spoke about those who are born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable seed, through the message of the living God, which remains forever. 1 Peter one twenty-three and verse 25. You see there that the same idea of a seed message is presented by Peter, and it's the message of the living God, the gospel as Jesus preached it. Now this is the word, Peter goes on to say, which was preached to you as the gospel verse 25 of 1 Peter 1. Now, that gospel is always designated by Jesus and by the apostles as the gospel about the kingdom of God. You'll find that in Luke 4, verse 43, Matthew 13, 19, Matthew 24, 14, and in the book of Acts, Acts 19, verse 8, Acts 28, verses 23 and 31. Now, the germ of immortality is transmitted to the believer only by this process via the process of hearing the message of the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it. The planting of that imperishable seed is the preaching of the message of the kingdom of God. Satan knows this, and so he tries to remove the seed or corrupt it so that it will not develop into immortality for the believer Now there's no other message, the New Testament says, than the message of the kingdom, which Jesus and the apostles preached, which can possibly transmit the seed of immortality. Having been sown, that seed must be cultivated so that it can bear fruit. This being true, the early church proclaimed the kingdom, made sure it had been grasped by their converts, and then they baptized them in water as a public demonstration of their commitment to the gospel of the kingdom, and to Jesus the Messiah. We read of this in Acts 8, verse 12. When they believed Philip, as he was proclaiming the good news or gospel about the kingdom of God, there it is again, exactly the same message as Jesus had preached, and which he called the seed, which is the kingdom of God message. When they believed Philip preaching the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were getting baptized, both men and And women alike. Acts 8, verse 12. So there we have a wonderful encapsulation of the initiation process by which people committed themselves to the Christian faith. They had first to receive the message of the kingdom, they had to take in that vital spark of life contained within that imperishable seed, the message or gospel about the kingdom of God. No wonder then we find that throughout the New Testament, The faith, the gospel, has a definite shape to it. It sounds like the message of Jesus. The apostles, you see, had been commissioned to relay the very same gospel that Jesus himself had preached. What we're talking about today is this issue of being born again, of starting life all over again, to use the technical term regeneration. Regeneration and rebirth can only come about when the appropriate and proper seed is planted in the heart of a human being, and that seed is defined as the gospel about the kingdom of God Matthew 13, verse 19, and Luke 8, verse 12. That seed must be understood, must be grasped, must be maintained, and cultivated in the heart of the believer, so that immortality can be gained by the believer in the resurrection when Jesus returns to this earth. No wonder then that Paul speaks of Jesus' message, his gospel, as the health-giving words, namely the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 6, verse 3. These words do indeed lead to good health forever, to immortality through resurrection. Now, some say today that the kingdom of God message is not part of the gospel, but merely of interest to students of prophecy. This theory overlooks two basic facts. Firstly, Jesus himself calls the gospel the gospel about the kingdom, Matthew 13, verse 19, Luke 4, verse 43, and so on. Philip and Paul both preached the kingdom as the gospel, Acts 8, 12, Acts 19, verse 8, Acts 20, verse 25, and Acts 28, verses 23 and 31. So the phrase, the gospel of the kingdom, is equivalent exactly to the word of the kingdom, these two phrases are identical in meaning to the word of God or the word of the Lord, the gospel of God. And so you see the gospel of the kingdom, as Jesus preached it, appears under many alternative phrases which all have the same basic meaning and all of them should be traced back to the parent text, namely the gospel about the kingdom of God. Now, These phrases about the gospel appear in the New Testament in shorthand form as the Word and the Gospel. Another synonym for this phrase, the Gospel, is simply the Gospel of Christ or the Gospel of salvation. The same message of the kingdom appears also as the Word of Truth and the Truth. You'll find in James one eighteen, speaking of rebirth, of regeneration, James says that God has produced his children by the Word of Truth. God, you see, is in the business of procreation of reproducing himself, and he's doing it by imparting the seed through Jesus Christ, the prototype preacher of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, all these gospel phrases are traced to what I call the parent text, namely the gospel or word about the kingdom of God. In John's account of Jesus' ministry, Jesus, of course, spoke at the very beginning to Nicodemus of being born again, and he used the phrase, my words or my word, as the tool by which that rebirth must take place. Now, many Bible readers have never grasped the meaning of the Gospel as it originated with the historical Jesus, but if you look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 you'll find that Jesus initiated the preaching of the Gospel. It was with His proclamation of the Kingdom that the Gospel program began. There's only one Gospel, and it's the gospel about the kingdom as proclaimed first by Jesus when he was here on earth. After the resurrection and ascension, Jesus preached the same gospel. It was to be announced, in fact, until the end of the age, as you'll see from Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And the end of the age is the time when Christ returns to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. If you're interested in regeneration, in immortality, in an indestructible life forever, then you must become interested in that seed message of the kingdom of God, Matthew 13:19. I've written a book on the kingdom of God. We invite you to request a free copy of that book for your personal study at home. Ask also for a tape of the broadcast you've been listening to. Meanwhile, join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.